Hi, I'm Karina. Hi, I'm Dylan. And we are the host and producer of Morning Cup of Murder. And you are listening to Jim, Jim the, the Podcast, Podcast Sherpa, Sherpa from Too Many Podcasts. Hey, you made it to season two. Congratulations or welcome to Too Many Podcasts. Mr. Bruce, sound the gong, please. Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, he's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. So here we are in season two. What does that mean? That means you maybe missed season one. You can always go back and check those shows out if you like. This is Too Many Podcasts, and as Mr. Bruce said, it is a podcast about podcasts. And what happens on this show is I have guests who host podcasts, and I talk to them about their shows, and we get to know them a little bit more. I also make recommendations of other podcasts that are similar to theirs. And we have, most of the time, a theme week. It's theme week. It's theme week. It's theme week. This week's theme is Buddhism. That's right. It's one of those things that have always been kind of a mystery to me. So I went looking through Podcastia and I found a podcaster who does a show that features information about the Buddhist philosophy and about meditation. Who's our guest today, Sherpa? His name is Jim Martin. And we had a really great conversation. And I might want to point out that Jim is just a regular guy, you know. It wasn't like there was this Buddhist monk with a shaved head and long flowing robes or anything. He was just a guy with short hair and a mustache and a big guy in a t-shirt and jeans. Happy to talk about the Buddhist philosophy and about meditation. And it was really, really enlightening for me. And, and I guess that's part of the goal of Buddhism, to be enlightened. So consider me enlightened. I don't know everything about Buddhism, of course, but... You know what? When we go down to the Sherpa Chalet, Jim will explain everything that you need to know as far as the basics of Buddhism are concerned. Again, you can't really learn everything about Buddhism in a single half-hour interview, but he definitely shines a light on a lot of all the important parts, and he was a huge help. Off we go to the conference room of the Sherpa Chalet for our talk with Mr. Jim Martin. And before we head off to our conversation, just a reminder that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash Sherpa, S-H-E-R-P-A. That's how you spell it. There's over 180,000 titles that you can choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. All right, now we can start the conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the bit of spirituality and philosophy right down here at the Sherpa Chalet, Buddhism. What is Buddhism? Did you know that there are half a billion people that practice Buddhism? You know, we hear a lot of words associated with it, like karma, reincarnation, meditation, Zen, Nirvana. If you hear mention of a guy named the Dalai Lama. But what does it all mean? You know, sometimes it's just words to us. And I don't really know that. So I I may be a Sherpa, but I am not a, I'm not a Buddhist in any way. However, my guest today, Jim Martin, is a host of the podcast, The Unusual Buddha, and I've welcomed him onto the show, and here we are for our second season debut. Jim, welcome to the Sherpa Chalet. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be on. I can't wait to uh, hopefully blow some lids off some topics with you. Uh, why don't we start with, you can uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so my name is Jim Martin. Uh, I run the unusualbuddha.com. 
Uh, we're on social media. We have a podcast. Uh, pretty much trying to get everywhere you are uh, with the main purpose of trying to uh, simplify some of the teachings of Buddhism and Buddhist philosophy and, uh, and, and mainly meditation. That's, that's a very big thing we come back to because a lot of this stuff, as it's put out in the world, is very impractical. And we kind of want to change that a little bit, make it a little less lofty, a little less, you know, you don't have to like granola to meditate. And, and that's, that's what we're looking to spread things that way. So, uh, yeah, just glad to be here and, uh, and can't wait to, uh, like I said, maybe discuss some of these topics. Now, let's uh, start at the beginning. Uh, what first attracted you to Buddhism? How old were you when you first started getting interested in it? Uh, so my first exposure was actually, uh, wow, probably in, I, I believe I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, we had a school project, the Eastern religions, and um, the teacher was actually, she was uh, Hindu, so that was an interesting perspective for me. And, uh, you know, she assigned it, and we had to learn about it, and that's where I first started. And it didn't really make sense. Um, then I actually got more into philosophy as a whole. I uh, went out and actually got a book. Um, and I don't have it now because I usually, every time I bought like three copies now, and every time I buy one, I give it to somebody. But it, it's, a, it's a compilation. It's called the Buddhist Bible, but it's, it's not a real Buddhist Bible. It's just a compilation of teachings. And uh, I read that. And again, you know, 17, 18 didn't click. Uh, and then actually just before the birth of my first child, uh, I was 24. So about seven years later, uh, I picked it up and some stuff started really uh, making more sense. I was always always into religion as a whole uh, and spirituality altogether, but uh, that was when lessons of Buddhism started to really stick with me uh, and started to hold some more truth for me, if that makes you know, if you know what I'm saying. Sometimes when you get a little older, you, you start getting a little bit of perspective on the world and certain things become more important. Exactly, exactly. And that's, and that's uh, something that my, my teacher brought up a lot when, uh, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about him later, but uh, that was something he said. He said, honestly, the reason you probably came to it at that point was because you had a child. This is a big event in your life and you want to have some value to give to, a, to another person that you're going to bring into the world. So that's, I guess that kind of piques your interest in things that, that are more, uh, I guess, more valuable in, the, in, in life. Okay. And why don't you talk a little bit about your podcast so people who, who are tuning in today, they know what to expect. Uh, yeah, so our so my podcast is about uh, like I said meditation and uh, spiritual topics. Uh, this I'm actually it's it's funny you're starting a second season. I'm actually uh, gearing up to start a second season as well, um, talking about uh, mental health and things like that. But the the main topic of of my podcast is meditation, spirituality, and a little bit of Buddhist philosophy as well. Again, without trying to get dry, uh, caution if you're with the kids, there is some swearing. Uh, so. Uh, you know, just, just be forewarned. But, um, yeah, that's, that's mainly the, the ball field we play in and, uh, and look to, I guess, unfold for people. So it's easy for people to learn about Buddhism there. So I, I want to ask you a couple of questions so I can understand about that too. Absolutely. And I think sometimes, you know, where you have different religions and philosophies, sometimes, you know, people just don't understand because you're not asking the right questions. So hopefully Absolutely. I can ask you the right questions and we can help everybody understand it a little bit better. Absolutely. I can't wait. So why don't we just start with the basics. Who is Buddha? Uh, so the Buddha is actually a, um, he was a crown prince. He was born uh, Siddhartha Gautama, uh, born to the Shakyamuni clan, if you want to get real into the, the specifics of history. Uh, he was born, uh, obviously his, his father was, uh, he's considered a prince, but his father was more of like a warlord. 
um, and kind of held, he held a lot of control in this area. And depending on uh, who's telling the story, uh, there's a lot of miraculous happenings surrounding his birth. But uh, one of the, the big ones that uh, you'll find retold a lot is uh, the before the birth um, of Siddhartha, they, they, um, the, his father actually had uh, fortune tellers come and they came from all over to, to gather to say to basically you know uh, read the stars and tell and tell the king what his son was going to be like and uh, they all said oh he'll rule the world except for the last one the last one was the holdout he gave his opinion last and he said there's two possibilities either he's going to rule an empire larger than any the world's ever seen or he's going to become a great spiritual leader uh, depending on how he sees and how he views suffering uh, so that actually you've opened the the you've taken us down the rabbit hole so i'm gonna give it give you some more here but uh, uh so that actually from that moment on that affected how the king allowed his son to interact with the world so he was actually uh very shielded uh he was not allowed to go outside the castle walls uh attendants had to be young and beautiful and he was just very shielded uh so he didn't see death and suffering and pain I guess more so the realities of the world because that was going to be the, the, the one thing that was going to be the tipping point for his future. And it's really looked more as a philosophy as well as a religion, right? Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of points that are, so it, it depends if you read the book and, and like most things, uh, humans are so great at, at just taking a great thing and ruining it. Uh, but uh, if you read the book, it, it was not meant to be a religion more so as a path. You're supposed to to walk the path at your own comfort level and uh, and apply the teachings to your own personal test uh, mm-hmm. to see if they hold weight for you. And his big thing was if 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 it makes sense to you, we'll hold on to that. You keep that. You take that with you. Uh, if it doesn't make sense, then then why carry it along the way? It's now carried out, I would say, as a religion. But it, I, in my opinion, it wasn't meant to be. I mean, there's a lot of people that will uh, the word is prostrate and they do the you know they they bow to the statues and they, they uh, wash the feet of the elder monks and things like that. To me, that's a little, that's a little much, but uh, it is tradition, but just like uh, Christianity and, and, and Judaism, they all have uh, the traditions of man, same kind of thing. They, they have a lot of uh, traditions folded in that aren't quite in the, in the book, if, if you know what I mean. I want to throw in a little piece of trivia. You know, one thing that I did just learned recently, when you go into the Asian restaurants and you see the statue of the, that's not Buddha. No, it, it depends on actually who you, again, another thing depends on who you talk to. Some people would say that is uh, Hote, who is a, uh, he's, he's more of a representative of prosperity and kindness and openness and sharing and, and those kind of things. And some would even say he's um, another Buddha, Amitabha, which is uh, the Buddha to be, because uh, what most people don't realize about Buddhism is just like uh, the president, regardless of who is the current president, that's a title. Same thing with Buddha. Buddha is not per se a person; it is it is the awakened one. So just because there's the Buddha does not mean there weren't more before him, and does not mean there won't be more after him. It's a succession. Mm-hmm. If, if you get what I'm what I'm throwing out there. I know you kind of touched on some of the tenets of Buddhism. You want to kind of. So yeah, so the, yeah, absolutely. So the so the big four, uh, and this is this is within the first Dharma teaching. The big four were uh, the four noble truths. So uh, in order, the first one is, uh, and this is probably the one that caught me was the universality of suffering. So that means uh, to dumb that down or to to boil it down to a simpler point, 
everyone knows what it's like to be, uh, you know, discontented, maybe not suffering. A lot of people use the word suffering in the, in the Dharma, uh, which Dharma is teaching uh, or truth, depending on who you talk to. Uh, again, translations are great. The universality of suffering, meaning that everyone knows what it's like to live in some amount of want for conditions not to be exactly what you'd want them to be. And we all know this, whether you're a prince or a pauper, we all know what it's like to live in lack. There's always something that uh, you wish you had. So that's that's one of the big ones that caught me and hooked me. The next one being the cause of of suffering is desire. So the ca- causation of suffering being desire, that meaning, uh, to again, to simplify that, would be that the reason you suffer is because you want for things. So uh, the Buddha laid out what the problem was, and then he identified, you know, this is the overarching problem. This is, uh, I guess, the specific cause of the problem, uh, and that would be our desire. And that's that's what meditation and things like these practices do, is they try and break down the the want for things, the craving of things. Three, I make sure I get this right because it's 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 hard to word it just so that you know so everyone can get it. Once you've identified the cause, now we want to eliminate the cause. So it's just simply end your desire, end your craving, and end your suffering. And that sounds easy, and you know uh, maybe not easy, but it sounds very uh, simplistic that way. But it it, it is it's simply put uh, to just end your craving stop your desiring for things to be a certain way and just kind of enjoy them as they are. And the fourth one, which is the real, the real hook to the whole deal is uh, the, is to follow the eightfold path. And that's a whole nother story we could get into that is uh, you know, right speech, right concentration, uh, right insight. There's, there's a whole, that's where you get a little bit more ethereal, but uh, as, as a main, uh, the first four are the ones that everybody really uh, is concerned with. And that's usually the, the lead-in for everybody to Buddhism. Okay. Now, I understand that Buddhism started in India. Uh, yeah. So, so Siddhartha Gautama was actually born in the foothills of the Himalayas. And it's like most figures in history. It's, most, it's very debated whether he's born in India or born in Nepal. But uh, somewhere in that region, the foothills of the Himalayas, that's where his uh, tribe was at that time. So it's believed he was... Again, depending on people argue about it so much, just like uh, argues, arguments about Christ and, and his origin and his you know, skin color and all this kind of stuff that really has no bearing on the teaching. Most people argue about it. But yeah, he was born in the foothills of the Himalayas, you know, just south of India. Or, you know, the, I guess that's the northern part of India. But uh, yeah, in that region of the world. Now, do people right. confuse Buddhism with Hinduism at all? Uh, yeah, they, they do, uh, mainly because they, they share um, some borders and they, they actually do have similar roots uh, because at the time, uh, in, in Buddha's time, the, uh, Siddhartha's time, or however you want to put it, uh, in his time, the Brahmins were the teachers and the Brahmins were uh, the cleric class uh, of citizenship in India. And they actually had the, the, the Vedas and those, those texts of, of Hinduism. And that's actually what was at his time. That's what was uh, popular and most common uh, in his region of the world. And they were in that region of the world. They were also going through a bit of a, a, a rebirth, I guess, of, of faith and belief uh, because it wasn't unusual for people to leave their life and go out into the woods and meditate and do all these kind of things. It wasn't uncommon uh, for that to happen. There are several different types of Buddhists. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, there's actually just like uh, just like Christianity, nobody believes in 
uh, agrees on anything for long. So uh, there's there's the main uh, sects are Theravada, which is uh, I guess if you want to put it in in common terms today, that's the OG stuff. That's the uh, the, the original guys there. I guess more um, orthodoxy. They it's actually called the School of the Elders. That's so they believe themselves to be the holders of the original texts. Um, and then there's the Mahayana school, which is where you get into, um, which is also very much subdivided uh, into other things like there's Pure Land Buddhism, there's Vajrayana, uh, there's all kinds of subsets of Buddhism within that. But uh, basically, the big two are Theravada and Mahayana, and then Mahayana subdivides into several below itself. Biggest thing, biggest separation of the two, the Theravadans believe that they are following what is uh, either the Buddha's direct words or were the disciples of Buddha's direct words. So it was either his teaching or one step removed from his teaching, whereas the other schools believe that they, they follow the other you know, teachings of other great Buddhist thinkers, uh, that that's uh, allowable and that, you know, that that is uh, also fruitful for your practice. And where, where would you fall under in your philosophy? Uh, so I'm more, I, I trend more to the Theravada side of things, even though, just like the uh, the podcast and the website name says, we're quite unusual here uh, with the unusual Buddha. But um, I usually trend toward Theravada because I'm a big fan of reading the original text and then taking my spin on it and 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 working with that. If that makes sense to you, sounds like a lot of it is how you're kind of interpreting the world around you and how you have to deal with it. Because, like you said, there are different forms of it's not suffering per se, but there are things that are going on in your life that that work against you and how you how you overcome that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very much, uh, it's, it's allowable for, it's okay for you to think about you, for you to fix yourself. One of the things that, uh, that sometimes even other schools consider a fault is that Theravada says that uh, first I have to help myself out of the mud to be of service to get you out of the mud. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, in Mahayana teachings, uh, one of the big things is called a bodhisattva vow, which um, again, I hope I'm not going too into the weeds here with you, but uh, <laughs> That's one of the big uh, marking points of Mahayana, and that is so to say that uh, you vow as a person that you will not attain final enlightenment. You will not leave this plane uh, until everyone can come with you. So that's that's one of the marking teachings is that you're going to basically stay here at the gateway and take life after life to try and help people attain the same things that you are about 99% to attaining. How do you incorporate Buddhism into like your everyday life? Uh, so everyday life, it actually isn't, uh, it isn't a lot different than the Bible, really. I mean, because when you boil it down to uh, the most basic teachings, um, one, it's, do you really gain anything by worrying about items? You, you know what I'm saying? Do you really gain, uh, and again, I'll probably slaughter this. Uh, I have read the Bible cover to cover, but I'll probably slaughter the, the verse. But uh, will worrying about tomorrow, will that add one inch to your height? Not at all. You, you know, you're still going to be who you are. You still have what you have to deal with. And each day has enough trouble of its own. Similar thing with Buddhism is people seem to feel like they are living this, this, uh, this life where you have to uh, make every single decision perfectly. And that's not really how Buddhism sees it. How Buddhism sees it is more that uh, you're going to make the right choice right now. And then that will lead to other choices that you can then make the right choice then. So that there's not per se a necessarily, they don't view life as linearly as other religions would. But uh, as far as 
down to every day. I mean, I, I meditate every day, whether it's a, you know, formal, am I sitting uh, on my meditation mat and uh, legs crossed and, and eyes closed and deep breaths and all that good stuff uh, with the gong in the background, you know, gong, you know, so there's some of that. I don't, I don't get that far into it. You know, there's no need for incense lit every time I meditate in the morning, but uh, there's that. And then there's also a mindfulness practice, which is, um, I wouldn't say it's only exclusively uh, Theravada, but it is uh, more so emphasized. So normal meditation, like most people think of it when you're sitting down on the mat or on pillows or whatever, it doesn't have to be fancy. But most people, uh, what most people think of when they think of meditation, that's actually a Samatha practice, which is uh, about the breath. Uh, it's about serenity. It's about peace. So you're actually trying to focus on the present moment by what you can perceive. If, and again, I'm trying not to get in the weeds, but uh, you're basically, you're, you're staying at where you feel your breath. So for me, I feel it sometimes in the, in the stash here, sometimes in the nostrils, um, but you're staying with that sensation so that you're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about the future. You're only thinking about the sensation of breathing. And that is the present moment. So that is what that practice is for. Uh, and then sometimes there's, uh, and again, like I said, it's, it's a more Theravada practice, but uh, is for fullness, which would be fancy words of vipassana if anyone wants to get that far into it uh, and that is a mindfulness of uh basically it can be whatever you want but other sensations what am i seeing what am i hearing what am i feeling those kind of things um so that being said i actually do more of the mindfulness practice because to me that's more mobile and i can take that with me uh driving down the road uh, i can you know i can what does my steering wheel feel like what is the uh horrible vibration my car is making what does that sound like or whatever the case may be it's just about being present in the current sensation um so that's that's mainly where i focus my practices in that uh that present moment that is probably the biggest marker of buddhist practices is, is you're trying to get to the present to the present and current awareness uh and that's generally helped me stay and like i said don't don't ever confuse when you hear any buddhist talk i mean they you know I still plan. I still make plans. I still think about the past. I still do all those things, but uh, it's brought more of a focus to now. And that's, and that's pretty much what I try to do is stay with my plans are important. My past is important, but now is also very important. And in fact, it's the most important. That's basically the, the gist of the practices is what I can do to stay in the present. And that's, it helps with um, when you do that, it actually can help your every day be more fulfilling because you're not on autopilot. I'm glad that you actually brought up the meditation. I know that that's a good part of your podcast too. You really discuss, yes. you know, how to do it the right way. And it, and it doesn't have, like you said, it doesn't really have to be a big production. It's just, no. you know, you could be alone and just, just get in that right frame of mind. Right. Is that what, what it really absolutely. takes to start? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's the biggest thing. And that's, that's one of the things I like to touch on in my podcast is the, um, the simplicity of it. It wasn't ever meant to be this lofty thing. You don't have to be a statue. You don't have to be, it's okay if you say bad words once in a while. It's it's okay to crack a beer once in a while. You you know what I mean? You're not you're not ordained. You're not uh, you're a normal person. So it's it's okay to be that way. But as far as meditation goes, actually, when I talk, we've actually talked about four kinds. So I just talked to you about the uh, samatha, vipassana. So serenity and insight is is another name for it. Uh, we also talk about loving kindness, which is a, is another branch of meditation, and then uh, finally uh, mantra, which is kind of the cool one you see on TV where they get the real guttural, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the real throaty uh, chanting. So that's, that's the main types that I deal in. There are 
probably about as many types of, medit of meditation as there are meditators. So there's so much out there, but those are the main four that I focus on. As a dad, a new dad, I guess your son is still pretty young. Uh, actually, I have three kids. Oh, three kids. And, okay. and my wife is pregnant with the fourth as, as we oh. record this. So Congratulations. Thank you very much. So I have a, a 10. My ranges are a 10, 5, and 2. He's going to okay. be 2 very soon. What do you want your children to, how, how do you want them to look at the world differently you know, with, with what you know? Honestly, a big, a big part of what I do is uh, not to take it so seriously. And I don't mean to take away from the seriousness of things because life has its serious moments. But uh, I feel like, and this is something I have gathered from Buddhism, is that your ego tends to make you, like, it, life from your perspective in the normal sense is usually I am player one or I am the main character and everybody else is secondary and tertiary at best. And it's, you know, it's me against everyone else. Well, Buddhism kind of turns that on its ear where you're a part of the ecosystem. You're not the center of it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something I want my kids to know. I, I'm definitely not ever going to force Buddhism on it. My daughter comes in and wants to meditate with me. She's 10 now. She chooses to, then that's great. If she doesn't want to, I'm not going to force it. It's not like going to church on Sundays. But like when I was at a couple of those times when I was a kid, but uh, it's not like that. You know, there's no force. There's, you know, I was always told as, as my action, my great grandmother from Germany used to tell me that uh, spirituality and religion is a, very grown up decision. And when you make that for yourself, that's for you. And that's something that, that I very much, I, I found some kind of Buddhist ism in that uh, from my great grandmother uh, that I would like to pass on to my kids. So definitely don't be so serious and, and choose your own and just devote yourself to it. I, I was going to say that that sounds like a really great philosophy that you, yeah. you've got to really think it out for yourself. Absolutely. Now, part of, I don't, I'm not sure if your uh, school of thought goes with this, the discussion of Nirvana about reaching Nirvana. Yes. So that is, that is actually a very um, broad reaching topic. Uh, technically, if you get into this, the mechanics of it, they say that, uh, that Nirvana is uninitiated, unborn, unoriginated, meaning that it does not have a, a causing factor. Every moment in history that, that we are aware of on this, you know, like world of things has, no matter how far you go back in history, you can always go back a little further. Because Buddhism doesn't necessarily, in its rawest form, doesn't necessarily have a genesis, uh, because it's not a question that the, the Buddha ever answered. There's no Big Bang. It's just a cyclical existence that just keeps occurring. And the only reason that this one exists is because one exists before it, and before that, and before that, and before that, you know, on into infinity. So there's not specifically a uh, originating moment. And as far as the end of your life, uh, you know, Buddhism has, uh, believes as part of it is rebirth. Uh, which is a little bit different than reincarnation. Um, but the final goal being nirvana, which uh, if you were to really put it into words, would be like taking a glass of water to the ocean and you pour that glass of water into the ocean. No matter how many times you dip your cup back in, you will never get that same water back. And that's a decent analogy of what occurs during nirvana to a normal human. And it's, it's a pretty rare attainment um, and it is a very uh, lofty and uh, deeply sought after thing. Uh, but again, it's, it actually, as you pursue it, it changes you because we are humans, we are finite, and we are seeking to, to get something which is infinite and, and well beyond our scope and well beyond our understanding. <laughs> someone who is interested in Buddhism learn more about it? Uh, honestly, just like anything else, uh, I, I learned, I, I was probably 
somewhat read uh, when I made it to my teacher, and he actually gave me a really good uh, analogy for finding a teacher, uh, which I would definitely like to pass on anyone who, who's, you know, you read, read a little bit for yourself, I would definitely recommend that. But uh, if you do find a teacher or a local temple in your, in your area, uh, something my teacher said to me was, come to your teacher with an empty cup. So don't come to him with, I know X, Y, and Z. I know how to say all the 12 parameters. I know what the Eightfold Path is. I know what the Four Noble Truths are. And rather than coming with all the lists and all those things, just come with an empty cup and let him fill it. And usually the purpose is it's almost like an apprenticeship. Uh, they've basically, they try to learn you and how best to teach you. And, and that's, that's what a teacher can do. Is it required? Not necessarily. Um, I did of my, the past 10 years I've been practicing, only two are with a teacher. So it's not like you have to have that in your life, but it definitely can help and can tailor things to your personality type. That's what I would say is, is definitely get, get a good groundwork going of, uh, you know, so you have maybe not expectations, but at least you have a, a level of familiarity with the teaching. And then after that, uh, you know, definitely look for, for a teaching center in your area. It can be, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of temples. If you type in like meditation, uh, there are some that are more, um, they're not going to be so much about Buddhism. They're going to be more about meditation in general. So it'd be like, uh, you know, meditation based stress reduction or those kind of classes and courses that's taught a lot and, and is pretty frequently available. Uh, but if you want an actual teaching in the Dharma, uh, it would be best to find a, a Dharma teacher, uh, with some sort of lineage, uh, that you're into. Uh, again, like I said, I, like I told you before, I don't have any lineage. I've not take or, taken ordination of any kind. I don't have, you know, I had my teacher who was uh, Theravadan, and that was kind of where I got my start was more with the, the Theravadan documents. So that's that's where I began, and that's, in my opinion, I, I prefer that people read, at least read the document for themselves and then formulate it for themselves because to me that's truer to the teaching than just this guy told me what I'm supposed to believe, so I believe it. That's That's really far beyond what, what the Dharma and, and Buddhism is supposed to be. Right, and it just kind of circles back to what we were talking about earlier about learning how to interpret the world. Exactly, exactly. So I knew very little about Buddhism before <laughs> speaking to you, so I, I feel very, uh, very informed here. But uh, we do have to talk a little bit about podcasts, and I'm sure there are some okay. podcasts that you like to check out. Uh, yeah, actually, I am a uh, – so I'm, I'm big into – since I started all this, uh, I spent a lot of time – I'm very, I would say, insular with how I do my content. So I read, uh, I read what, what I like to read. I write what I write, um, and I get into those kind of things. So I spend a lot of time being very uh, internalized. And just recently, uh, because I'm always behind the technology, uh, I just got into podcasts and, and Spotify and things like that. So I'm a very big fan of, um, it's called the, the Process and the Path by Dwayne Toops, uh, which is a pretty amazing uh, podcast. He he actually comes to Buddhism from the Zen tradition, uh, and his is a, how can I put this nicely, a refreshing view on Zen, because Zen tends to be a little dry. Um, usually it takes a certain type of person uh, to get into that, and, and that's the, not that there's anything wrong with the Zen school in any way, but uh, usually it's, it's a little boring for me, and he actually spices it up and makes it kind of interesting. Uh, he's actually been uh, transitioning into talking about creative content. Uh, so that's, that's something I get very much into. And then honestly, the only other real podcast that I, that I regularly listen to would be, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. So I don't, I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard of him once. Uh, I get all kinds of into that. I've probably listened to far too many of them because I usually listen. 
I have about an hour and 10 minutes drive to work. So I usually catch two or three on the way in. So uh, big fan. Uh, I like his way of spitting things. And I do like that he, though he's not uh, philosophical, he's getting into some stuff that is very aligned with Buddhism. And it's pretty interesting to hear him talk about. It's funny. It's funny. I think there were, I had at least five guests who mentioned the Gary V audio experience. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's good. It's I think good. he has to give me money for promoting his show. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I plug him all the time. I've probably told about a hundred friends like, Hey, listen to this guy. And everybody's like, Oh my God, why wasn't I listening to this guy? He's, he's actually pretty amazing. And, and I know for me, if anybody's into social media, it's actually really changed the way that I view social media and how to, uh, engage I, I felt like I was doing my once I started listening I was doing my audience like a disservice because I wasn't as concerned with engaging and like when it comes down to it that's what we're here for you know I'm, I'm here to engage to as close as I can you know because it's the internet but to touch one-on-one to, to connect with people and that's and that's really what we're here to do and that I think uh, really supercharged my whole thing because I've probably been listening for about the past eight months now so yeah probably since the beginning of the year um, and it's been pretty religious uh, since since i started so uh other than that i can't really think of any that i uh regularly follow to be honest i'd like to congratulate you because you get to be the first guest for the second season to do what we call shameless self-promotion shameless self-promotion all right and this Uh, is where uh, you can tell everybody how they can get in touch with you uh, yeah, so the best place would be uh, theunusualbuddha.com. Uh, obviously, we're, we're all over social media, uh, including TikTok. I just started doing TikTok, too. I don't know if anybody else is into that, but uh, we're there as well. Um, but, yeah, the easiest place and the best place to get a hold of us is theunusualbuddha.com. And then if uh, you like what you see and you maybe want to throw some support at it, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash theunusualbuddha. And uh, we have different packages for exclusive content and those kind of things. I won't bore you with all that, but that's where you can find more about that. Uh, and that's, like I said, that's, that's, that's where we are. We are all across social media and it's actually uh, me and uh, one other person that I met along the way, who's actually helping me get all this content up. Cause we're probably posting, uh, you know, 40 to 45 times a week. So not as, not as tremendous content production as some, but uh, it's quite a lot for two people to do. So. Right. And what day does your show launch? Uh, so we actually, we, the way we usually do it is uh, we try to aim for once a week, but we don't have an exact date uh, or day of the week that we launch. So there's already some, we have uh, eight uh, episodes backlogged and we're actually uh, recording now and doing some collab work. So uh, we'll be coming out very soon. Uh, don't have an exact date just yet. Okay. And uh, so he is the unusual Buddha, and I didn't even have to climb up very high down up Mount Podcastia to go and see him. So, uh, Mr. Jim Martin, thank you so much for enlightening me and enlightening our listeners. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jim. Uh, it's great to see somebody also named Jim doing the podcast thing and just rocking it. Thank you very much for having me. And now it's time for Sherpa Suggestions. Before I proceed to this week's Sherpa Suggestions, 
Just want to remind you that this isn't a religious podcast, but you know, there are people who may be interested in the Buddhist philosophy. Whatever you choose to believe, you're always welcome to the Sherpa Chalet, but good people coming here and having a good time and sharing some information. Just wanted to make that clear, just in case you're new to the show. Here's a couple of podcasts that have to do with Buddhism and meditation. For Buddhism, there is Secular Buddhism, Buddhist Boot Camp Podcast, and the Dharma Realm. And if you're not interested in Buddhism, hey, that's okay. Here's a couple of podcasts that have to do with meditation. There's the Meditation Podcast, Deep Energy 2.0, Music for Sleep, Meditation, Relaxation, Massage, Yoga, Reiki, and Therapy. Ooh, that covers a lot, doesn't it? And I bet it's so relaxing, too. You have Guided Sleep Meditations, and also 10% Happier with Dan Harris. That's right, that same Dan Harris who hosts Good Morning America. Now, if that doesn't relax you, then I know a guy with a really big mallet. season two and we're off and running one episode down and thank you so much to mr jim martin for coming by and talking with us about buddhism i like when we can have really interesting things where i can learn about topics that i really don't understand and jim again you were a huge help thousand thank yous sir thank you thank you thank you and don't forget to check out jim's podcast the unusual buddha for more information on buddhist philosophy and meditation It's really good, and you'll definitely learn how to relax your mind. And don't forget, if you like the show, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, or Twitter, or Instagram. And I know Twitter and Instagram, the number two many podcasts, Facebook, the word, two, T-O-O. I gotta do something about that. (laughs) And you can listen to us wherever there are podcast apps, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Anchor FM, where you can leave me a voicemail message, iHeartRadio, Pocket Casts, and a bunch of others. If you go to the Anchor page, you'll see all the different formats where you can listen to the show. And I would appreciate it if you did. And for the ones like Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and iHeartRadio, please leave me a nice review so we can encourage more people to come around to the Sherpa Chalet and listen to the show every Wednesday. And if you don't like the show, well, pfft. No, if you don't like the show, send me an email at jimthepodcastsherpa at gmail.com. Let me know what's wrong, and maybe we can work together and fix it if you've got any suggestions. We are in season two, and I'm shooting for more listeners and definitely going to spread the word of the Sherpa-lution. We've got Buddhism down, and the Sherpa-lution will rise. Mr. Bruce, take me out of here. Thank you, sir. See you guys next week. And Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la Chapalition. Viva la Chapalition. <coughs> oh. Yell, come back now, you hear?